and welcome to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast, where we discuss different but likely scenarios, provide general legal information, and get to know our lawyers. Please note that this podcast series does not provide or intends to provide legal advice. Welcome again to another um, episode of Legal Chatter with Corny and Lynn Lawyers. My name is James Tan. I'm a lawyer here at Corny and Lynn Lawyers, and I'm joined by uh, Judith Mendes, graduate law clerk. Hello. And our special guest for today, Luke. Special guest. Yes, it's an honor. Well, special guest, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, Mr. Luke? Oh, my story. Well. My one fact I always go to is I'm a big fan of the Brisbane Lions. Awesome. Um, and so we finished second last year, and I'm hoping that, you know, anything short of a premiership this year, and I'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, so that's one thing about me in terms of my story. Uh, yeah, tell us I'll, more about yourself, Luke. Yep, thanks, Judith. I'll talk a little bit about, I guess, why I studied law. Um, the reason I studied law really was just to help people mm. and to serve people. and. I, th- I think I lost my way a little bit while I was a student because I remember telling a, a friend, uh, a friend that I was you know, that I knew from school that I was studying law, and he said to me, "Oh, you're studying law, but you have a soul, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, how can you study law and have a soul at the same time, you know?" And uh, you know, and I really enjoyed. I did work part time at a law firm while I studied, but I really enjoyed working at an after school care and mm. volunteering at youth ministry and. Um, with Lutheran Youth of Queensland, shout out to them while I was a while I was a student, and I think a part of me thought that you know that sense of helping people and yeah. um, serving people that perhaps that wasn't something that could be done uh, in our profession, mm. and so I probably lost my way a little bit in terms of that you know clinging onto that why, but I think since I've um, been working here at Corny and Lynn for the, and uh, you know I've been a solicitor for the last year. I've really been able to see that you know you can, really can help people and serve mm. people and still have a soul, James, which is always good. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's 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 my journey, my story. Mm. And I think uh. it's a testament to your character and your you're talking about your background with youth ministry and youth work, and that helping people is, translates into what you do now. And and I think that's an origin for a lot of people that step into law and why they do what they do. Well, I was hoping your origin had something to do with the Brisbane Lions, but <laughs> <laughs> it seems you went down another path after. Well, yeah. I played AFL, but I was under 12 Division 4. Played? Best, yeah, under so 12 Division 4, best on ground. Wow. wow. Um, for the Macrovat Vultures. Uh, and that was the peak of my career. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> never went anywhere after that. You <laughs> <laughs> went into the law and lost your soul, it seems. <laughs> so, um, our topic for today is we're going to be chatting about youth ministry. And, mm. and Luke, it sounds like you've really had a lot to do with youth ministry, um, both in circumstances of you know, being a youth leader. And I know you also were the uh, college captain for Redeemer Lutheran as mm. well. Yeah, I was. Um, so, you've ha- uh, I presume you'd have a lot. Uh, you would have had a lot to do with youth camps and um, uh, in, in you know youth ministry and then you know, leading all sorts of uh, large groups of youth into dangerous expeditions into oh, yeah. the capture the flag, capture <laughs> the flag, red rover, and all of that. Oh. 
Um, so why, why don't you tell us a little bit about and Judith, you've done the same too from yeah. what I hear. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, you know, just what it's like just organizing some of these uh, um, mm. uh, 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 youth camps and some of the things that you, you generally think about um, going into it. Mm, and also any interesting or funny stories that you may have. <laughs> oh, you've got to share a few too, Judith. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it's certainly a lot of fun. Um, certainly sort of our focus, you know, at my youth group and when I've led our camps is, um, you know, our why, I guess, yeah. that we started with is, you know, that relationship with the, the youthies um, and just building that connection and that rapport and then, um, you know, from there really encouraging them in their, you know, their own relationship with God mm. and, you know, praying with them and, um, yeah, I know for me, I mean, I, I went on my first youth camp in year 10 and before then my faith wasn't, uh, I'd say in year 10 on that camp, the, that youth camp I went on, is where my faith really came alive, so. Yeah. Um, it's a really transformative experience, yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. on a, the last night, which is the cry night. Always, <laughs> everyone, yes, the fire night. The, oh, fire night, I call it, I call it the cry night, because yeah. <laughs> everyone's always yes. staying up till midnight mm. and at a low emotional capacity. Um, but did you find, have you found recently, and, and I don't know when's the last time you, you, you assisted with uh, planning one of these youth, youth camps, Luke and Judith, but do you find that recently there's been um, larger attention to risk management with youth camps? Yeah. I remember when, um, must have been five years ago now, when I was helping with my church organize it, um, someone um, brought to me the, the little form Mm. Um, and it had this incredibly prescriptive clause, which must have been drafted by one of the other lawyers in our church, but it dealt with right. um, just video video recording, which of mm. course, you know, privacy being you know, yep. a, an issue now. Um, um, but, you know, it, it was just, it, it was written with such a level of um, uh, detailed description that um, it, it almost made me go, oh, that's a little bit off-putting. Mm. Um, um, think and uh, you know, trying to think of it from the perspective of um, someone who just wants to go to one of these camps and just have a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> and maybe a cry on their last night. Uh, but what is there been something that you've been noticing? Yeah, I think in my time planning, organizing youth camps, and seeing that there's actually been more for growth towards um, risk mitigation and being able to think of things like um, risk assessments and, and think of the various scenarios that can happen when planning, say, a game on a field or you know what's involved with that. And I think that's, that's actually an important part of planning a youth camp. Um, something that we're probably going to be touching on is the duty of care that we as um, well, carers have on these youth kids. Uh, to keep them safe, to keep them out of harm's way, but also still to have fun and still to enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that um, I'm seeing more and more, uh, the, I guess, the perspective or the teaching for the volunteers who run the camps or you know, maybe there's paid staff that run the camps um, or the youth group. There's, there's been better teaching, I think, around mm. risk management and its importance where Perhaps where once it was just uh, <laughs> yeah. get this out of the way, yep. yeah, um, the tick, tick the boxes, game. yeah, yeah, um, and let's you know let's get the paperwork done so we can get onto the real stuff. Mm. I think now there's um, they're actually seeing you know the 
the importance of you know the risk yeah. assessment and seeing you know duty of care is very much not this thing that needs to be done before the ministry. Um, yeah. Well, the risk you know the risk assessments and things like that, not seeing them as something to be done before the ministry, but as all part of the ministry. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there's been a bit of a reframing, definitely, where. Mm. Um, as you say, look, once it was just a box that needed to be ticked so we could get on with the fun stuff. But now it's, um, I've, I'm seeing more churches being clued on to um, how this is part of ensuring that the message of, uh, of Christ comes across yeah. Yeah. in these camps. That it's not just about having fun or it's not just about legal compliance, mm-hmm. but you know, it's about ensuring that um, uh, in all these events... Um, children and not just children but the volunteers uh, are safe mm. yeah. I think the I wrote it here uh, the ultimate goal for any any person planning youth youth camp is to create an environment for kids to encounter God and so we have to do everything to place them in that position to do so which which might mean mitigating risk of injury that like if a kid is injured they might have to sit out on that last night where they otherwise would have had an opportunity to see God and it's not that they won't you know encounter God anytime else but it's just uh, you know taking away from that opportunity the real reason the why behind the what yeah I remember I mean this is this wasn't at a church event but I remember in my first year in university which would have been 10 12 years ago um, maybe even more come think of it 20 years ago oh. mm-hmm. um, but I remember going on a, um, uh, a university snowboarding trip, and on the first day there, the uh, one of the participants broke an arm, and that was it. That was the that was the holiday for them. Mm-hmm. So two weeks of skiing and snowboarding um, on this trip um, just went out in smoke. <laughs> and um, so I think yeah, definitely. It, um, if something goes wrong and it really just shatters the whole event for um, you know, that one person, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What's, um, just to move this on to something practical that our listeners can take away, what are some things that church leaders, um, church organizers for youth camps can consider when planning these youth camps? And just things mm. to keep in mind, mm. Luke? Um, well, I know, I know it's practical, but I'll start in practical again. I think that. Yeah, focus on the, the teaching and the way that you teach your volunteers and your staff, you know, with the risk assessments mm. to, yeah, like we've been saying, not see it as this uh, red tape to get mm. out of the way, um, but to see it, at, you know, to see the duty of care as a um, extension of, you know, God's care for... Yeah, I love that. Um, for, for the youth and... Yeah. Um, you know, seeing that as part of the ministry, not something that happens before the ministry. Mm. And, and, you know, you think about the perspective of, you know, these parents that are sending their kids to youth. I mean, it's their most important possession, as they yeah. say, as their <laughs> child. Um, and, you know, they're really, you know, if you, you can't imagine just sending them off to, a, you know, someone's care and that person not really thinking about the risks or, you know, the care that's owed to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So you've so chucked around this phrase duty of care quite a bit, Luke, and you know, for the for the people that are listening in and maybe that's the first time organizing camp and trying to think about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is what is duty of care? Mm-hmm. How does um, for example the organizer owe this duty to um, 
to you know the, the year ten kids or the year yeah. seven kids that yeah. are coming along for yeah. the camp. Yeah. Well, I've got this definition I prepared earlier, James. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, a bit of research. Before uh, the like a true lawyer. Um, essentially says a duty of care is a legal obligation imposed on a person or an organization um, to take a reasonable standard of care when doing acts that could foreseeably harm others um, and so essentially a, a, a church a youth group or church camp or church organization owes a duty of care to anyone in their care who's under 18 um, and uh, what was your question again, James? Well, what what is it, and how how would a, a youth group leader owe it, for example, mm. in a, in the context of a church camp? Oh, so yeah, t- in terms of a, you know, one common way is to think about supervision and ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Good so point. for a certain number of, um, of 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 youth students, you'll you need to have um, leaders who are able to supervise in that area, whether it's yeah. one is to four or. Yeah one is to five, um, and then pretty much before any game or activity, uh, you would prepare a risk assessment for yeah. that game or activity. Um, have you had much exposure with that? Yes, yes I have. Uh, so, you know, before capture the flag or before, yeah. you know, even just meal times. Mm, let's get practical. Um, before yeah. small group, uh, yeah. you know, you would, you know, essentially identify the risks, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it might be, for example, sunburn. Um, and then identify the ways that you know you can help mitigate that risk. Okay. So you know, ensuring that the students put on their hats and their sunscreen and touch, um, and essentially not only putting that on paper beforehand, but then mm. carrying it out and following through when you're on the activity. So really, you do that for. Um, I mean, a lot of camps and organisations have fairly standard ones set for activities that are taken across every camp. So if you're catching the bus. You know, you have a risk assessment for that. Um, yeah. Or, you know, meal times. You know, you often have the same meal time scenario a couple mm. of times a day. So you might have a set standard risk assessment protocol for that. Yeah. But then there are other activities that are unique to a camp that would have their own, you know, unique risk assessment that's attached to it. Mm. Yeah. Legally, why is it important that we do these risk assessments? And why is it important that we ensure that, you know, duty of care is, you know, applied? And Mm. Well, there's the, and I think it's potentially quite a, a potentially shallow way of looking at it, which is, <laughs> well, let's cover ourselves legally. <laughs> um, and that's, of course, very important. Uh, but like I said, I think another key important of it is, like I said, just um, you know, having a duty of care that's an extension of God's um, yeah. heart and God's care for yeah. um the youth students and, and mm. the children in our care. So. so you're saying it's a real perspective shift as to this is not just boring paperwork and it's not just, you know, not fun. It's it's mm. an extension mm. of God's heart. And I was talking to a friend today who's very involved in youth ministry and she sort of said that um, we should see risk assessments and duty of care as something to be prized, mm. not as something to be feared. Um, so that's a really interesting take because often we think, oh, that's a lot of fear, you know, let's not... Yeah, well, you're, you're really only doing the risk assessment because you don't want to get sued, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so shifting that perspective yeah. from, um, you know, let's not, I mean, of course there is, you know, you need to understand the responsibilities and such, yeah. but, um, yeah, seeing it as something that's really value, valued and important to your organisation. Yeah, and I think it's such a privilege to be able to have these kids entrusted to us and, hmm. and it's a privilege to be able to take care of them and make them feel safe and, yeah... Yeah. 
So coming back to the uh, risk register and um, how old the risk uh, assessment. Risk assessment. Um, and I thought we could chat about a risk register if you haven't done one of those, Luke. Or oh, I've done. Uh, I'm not sure if this is what you're talking about, but it's essentially uh, um, risk assessment reports for you know all the activities that you do, mm -hmm. um, and there's essentially a table that lists you know the what is the um, the likelihood of this of this injury occurring so yeah. five four three two one and yeah. then what's the severity of the damage yeah and so if, if red rover makes it on and it's a five and a five it's off the list isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but well you know for, for those organizers who may be thinking about well let's let's have a look and um and let's come up with risk register because i i um i'm i'm chair of the um um, of, of a college subcommittee mm -hmm. uh, which which deals with risk and compliance and actually right. the risk register is a central part of the um, of assessing the college's risk um, and and so certainly I think um, it's something that's of merit uh, when planning an activity for example and just being able to identify what are the risks what are the controls you're putting in place and um, um, what are the steps you can take to manage it so that you covered off from a risk and compliance perspective, and uh, you're isolating that, those activities which are too risky for yeah. <laughs> uh, for for things to be part to be participated in, or um, otherwise need to be addressed. But that's obviously on um, quite a large organizational level. Can you tell us a little bit about how you would have it runs, for example, in um, in in the context of planning a youth camp, mm. yeah, so that those who are volunteering um, can look to introduce this and hopefully improve the safety uh, of the participants. Yeah, so of course, yeah, I think the, a lot of it's in the preparation before camp. Mm. Um, it's very important that, uh, yeah, yeah, really for each activity you're thinking about, you know, what are the risks, um, you know, first identifying what are the risks and then thinking about what can you do to mitigate those risks. Uh, and then once you've um, essentially made some decisions about what you can do to mitigate those risks, that's when you really decide, okay, well, is this, is this an activity that we can continue? Mm. Um, if for whatever reason you try to mitigate the risks and it's still, a, you know, it's still not worth it, then I think... Mm. Sometimes it's as simple as doing an activity on the grass as mm. opposed to doing an activity on the concrete. It's mm. as simple as changing a few small things that make mm. a large difference. Mm. It doesn't have to be, we're not doing the game altogether, hey. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And getting the, the leadership team um, together for camp and mm. perhaps throughout camp as well to make sure that they're all across, um, you know, what's required of them and what's, you know, been agreed in the in the risk assessment. Yeah, asking those, those deeper, smaller questions, more refined, um, that often can get missed when you're, you know, in the buzz of planning a, a great big youth camp. Mm. I know that before camps we always, um, you know, know which kids uh, have allergies and things yeah. like that and, and are going through those or um, perhaps there's behavioural issues and things like that yeah. so certainly just uh, I found it really helpful as a youth leader when the organisers of the camp have taken the time out to talk you through mm. um, some of the scenarios and some of the yeah. difficult um, behaviours you might come across on camp. Yeah. yeah, it can be as helpful as having maybe in your registration form a detail, just a small area as to what are your kids' allergies, what are the kids' medication, how often do they need to take it at night. Mm. So the 
do you know can you can assist your kids in mm. you know asking them have you taken this medication or you know maybe we need to sit out or because of x allergy or another one is not only you know we're talking about physical injuries here but another one is um you know, emotional, you know, like yeah. cry night, <laughs> as you said, you know, we'll actually do a risk assessment on mm, um, what risks might be posed in terms of, you know, maybe some students might be, you know, sharing some pretty heavy things yeah. mm. with other yeah. students. And so actually thinking about that and thinking about, you know, disclosure protocols yeah, and great. ensuring that, you know, no, um, you know, there's no youth leader is you know ever one-on-one mm. with a with a child outside yeah. of anyone's sight or anything like that yeah well you you know it's uh well especially post royal commission in yeah. the child sex abuse yeah. and, and institutional yeah. abuse being a very core focus yeah. of that i could just imagine for uh, you know child safety disclosure mm. to be made a cry and i well that sounds to me like yeah. it'd be a a, a significant issue mm. and and you know, I can imagine people feeling really ill-equipped to, to deal with that. So, um, yeah, that mm. that sounds like uh, like one risk that yeah that they would be worth having a, a yeah. bit of a forewarning. Yeah, and, to, and knowing you know when when do you call the police? When do yeah. you yeah. Um, you know call the the, the, the pastor or, or yeah. whoever it might be, the chaplain. Yeah. Um, and I've heard of churches who, you know, for example, have been really relaxed with their mm. their blue card registrations, even, mm. um, and and just having all this uh, almost a bit of a register for compliance mm. in in someone who is responsible to look through all these risks and update mm. them is yeah. uh, uh, pretty helpful when, yeah. especially when trying to plan something which involves hundreds mm. of kids yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also talking when you're talking with the kids um yeah just just having that 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 um expectation at the start that you know okay what you share in this small mm, group stays important. between this small group but mm. um you know there are exceptions to that you know if there's if you say that you are you know, causing harm to yourself or, yeah. or causing yeah. a risk of harm to someone else. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, there's a crime yeah. um, that's involved, then, you know, being upfront at the start and saying yeah. in those circumstances, uh, you know, mm. we can't keep that to ourselves. No. You know, we have to take that to the relevant authority. I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very, I think, very important is to not make promises you can't mm. keep. Um, especially when it comes to disclosure and confidentiality. Um, it is our duty of care to disclose things like that, and that's a key takeaway there too. Yeah, and so from a training, um, so it seems to me look at the, from a training perspective, a lot of these, um, you, you found a lot of these preparation meetings to be very helpful. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what you really found um, helpful in terms of getting you ready um, both wearing your legal hat but also your uh, group leader hat well I know yeah just going um, before camps uh, the day before camp really we'd go through all of these um, crazy scenarios really mm. um, you know so there's been a cyclone on camp and <laughs> all the roads to camp have been uh, blocked mm. and you're stuck on camp with you know how do you what do you do and then you, you get into groups and have that discussion and I think that's what I found really helpful is that you'd, you'd be given these crazy scenarios mm. and then put into groups and you and you talk about well what, what would you do mm. Mm, great. and then you you know you you go back and you bounce off each other and that's how you learn so that's you know one example you know disclosure you know 
you know, having examples of, you know, you're in a group and someone discloses this to you, what, you know, what do you do? Yeah, great. Um, uh, just to have that really practical, uh, you know, examples of, you know, here's what to do, here's not, not here's, mm. or here's what you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think even, even from a training perspective, even um, if it's outside of a youth group or origin or a youth camp perspective, having those sort of regular training sessions mm. for um, your organization, charitable organization, mm. and particularly one which deals quite frequently in the care of children, mm. um, uh, all those reporting obligations which seem to be an ever-growing list in mm. relation to child safety issues mm. are, are really important to be to be across. And, um, and I've seen policies which are quite helpful in having um, the not just training sessions cover uh, what you're supposed to do, but also having a bit of a flow chart, yeah. what to do when there's a, this, a confidentiality breach mm. um, and helping people run through it mm. and making sure that you know, that training um, happens quite regular regularly for um, for your team mm. and having people on you know, on camp or on the event who you know you can go to yeah. to ask whether it be the directors of the camp yeah. or um, you know someone back at head office or something yeah. that you know if you have any questions you feel like yeah. you know when you go through the training really the training is just helpful in terms of just helping you identify any flags yeah. Um, that's really the key part of the training. Yeah, really, it's just, um, I find with, with a lot of the more serious disclosures, you generally want to run through the director of the yeah. uh, person running the operation at the yeah. given day, yeah. um, because you don't really want to have someone dealing with it on the fly yeah. when they're um, perhaps not across the rec yeah. <laughs> uh, the regulatory compliance issues mm. uh, that may be present. Yeah, we don't expect all the volunteer youth leaders to know. <laughs> yeah. The, the legislation. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we do want them to be able to, you know, identify red flags when they come up, and that's right. mm. then you know it can be dealt with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So just to summarise as well, um, really key takeaways for our church leader listeners as well: having your training in place that that goes through alternative scenarios, that goes through disclosure obligations and requirements, having policies in place that encapsulate things like risk assessments and and what to do when you're faced with certain scenarios and also just to change the mindset that duty of care and risk assessments are not something to be feared but to be prized as as we are doing this as an extension of god's heart for for the child and for the parents mm. and what a privilege that is yeah. Yeah. awesome awesome well, I think that's about it for today's uh, podcast. And Judith, I hear that this could potentially be the last podcast. Yes. I thought the last podcast was the last podcast, but it seems that this one is the last <laughs> Until podcast. the next podcast. <laughs> Until the next one. <laughs> this is Judith's last Yes, podcast. it is, guys. It is. So you've been here for what? Three years. Three years, Judith. Mm. And you're moving on to a new role. Yes, I'm moving on to a role in the field of management consulting. There we go. So all this risk management stuff probably would have some sort of relevance yeah. uh, in that organization. Mm. Um, well, Judith, um, on behalf of Courtney and Lynn, I want to say thank you. And I think, Luke, you've got a bit of encouragement. Uh, yes, some encouragement oh, to, to finish up with for the dear reader and also for Judith. Thanks. Of course, as she... Um, 
moves on to bigger and better things until the next podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe a guest, guest <laughs> yeah. in the future. I'm um, not saying no to that. Yeah, it's just a, a verse from First Peter chapter five, verse seven, um, where it says, "Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you." Um, and of course, there's a bit of a link there, James, for the king. Yeah, for, for the duty of care. Yeah, that God cares about us. And there so, of course, we should be encouraged um, to care for those um, who we owe a legal duty to. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a good note to finish on. Yeah, cheers, guys. I like Appreciate how you tied that. it all in. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love right. it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode of Corny and Lind Legal Chatter. If you require specific legal advice for your situation, contact us directly on 0732520011 or go to www.cornyandlind.com.au forward slash contact.